You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The whole mindset was like, like who who on earth wants to run like three marathons this close together? But. I think rather than thinking about like how hard it might be, it was like, this is kind of cool, crazy, you know, like, like that's where I was. I'm like, I don't know. I, and I, then I just believed in myself. Like, I was like, I think I could do this. Like, I actually think I could pull this off. Like, and then it's like the fitness was there, right? It's like, what better way to train for a marathon than to like run a marathon, like do the longest tempo possible. Like I did it, <laughs> you know? So I didn't really need to like do any crazy training in between. It was just like, just kind of, yeah, it, it just became my own little new game is what happened. Like, I'm kind of like, mm, should I do one in two weeks? Like, because it's kind of, it now became fun, you know, <laughs> it became fun rather than like this, like stressful, high pressure situation. Women's running, running, running. Women's running stories. Hi, everyone. I'm Megan Kripchen. I am a professional marathon runner for Atlanta Track Club. I live and train in Atlanta, but I'm also an occupational therapist. So I work in a pediatric clinic along with um, a hospital down here. And uh, I've been training and running for like basically my entire life. I started in high school and, you know, um, I've transitioned from a mid-distance runner to a marathoner and I love it. Yes, we're going to get into exactly how much Megan loves the marathon by telling the story of how she ran three marathons back to back to back, each two weeks apart. But before we get to that, welcome to the podcast. This is Women's Running Stories, and I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am your host and producer, and the music that you hear behind me is original music by Cormac O'Regan, and I'm so excited to have you here And I can tell you from the top that this was not Megan's plan. It was not her plan to run New York City on November 6th, and then two weeks later run Philadelphia on November 20th, and then run CIM out in Sacramento, California on December 4th. Her plan, in fact, was to run New York, totally nail it, and end her season there. But of course, that's not how things turned out. And we're gonna tell you all about how that all unfolded. So for this episode, we're just going to focus in on these three marathons. And if you want to learn more about Megan, we've actually had her on the show before. She was part of our live show before the 2022 Boston Marathon, and we featured Megan and Marilyn Bevins, and that was co-hosted by myself and Lisa and Julie from the Run Farther and Faster podcast. So if you want to learn more about Megan, you can go there, but you should know that Megan, like she said, she's been a runner for most of her life. She was an 800 meter specialist up through college. And then over time, she has worked her way up to the marathon. And just to add a little more context here, Megan is among the best American marathon runners, and she is known for giving tough, gritty performances. 
Fittingly, she's been compared to Des Linden, and in fact, coming into the 2016 Olympic Trials Marathon, when Des Linden was asked who her dark horse favorite was, she picked Megan. So Megan has been an exciting athlete to follow, and not the least of which is right now. And I do want to give you some pertinent stats going into this story. First of all, Megan has been running the marathon since 2015. She set her PR at Chicago in 2021 with a 2.30 marathon. Coming into New York, she was aiming to better that time. But as you'll hear, that did not happen. At New York City, Megan ran a 2.40 to come in 24th place. At Philly, she ran a 2.31 for second place which was completely awesome, of course, but also a bit of a heartbreaker because, as you'll hear, she was only six seconds off the win. And then at CIM, she ran a 2.29 to get that PR, break the 2.30 barrier, coming in seventh place. And that's one of the things that makes this story so wild and great is that Megan actually improved marathon over marathon. It's absolutely amazing. And it's worth noting, too, that CIM was the U.S. Marathon National Championships. A couple other things to take note of is Megan's going to mention a few names in here. And just so you know who she's talking about, she mentions Nell in the New York City Marathon. That's Nell Rojas. And when she talks about CIM, she mentions Bria and Katja. And that's Bria Wetch and Katja Goldring. And they came in fourth and fifth, respectively. So... Let's get on with it. Let's hear Megan's story about how she ended up running three marathons in less than 30 days and got better every single time until she just crushed it. Megan starts us off with a little reflection on why she likes to run marathons so much. Here's Megan. Yeah, the marathon, it's its like a constant learning uh, experience, you know, like you could be at it for however many years and you're still figuring it out, you know, like where maybe the 10 K, the 5 K, like you can kind of race one every weekend and like, you know, figure it out sooner, but there's not as many opportunities in the marathon, but I like the challenge. And it's like the marathon is just like a beast. <laughs> you you do want to get, get the fear level unlocked or something. And then you're like, you know what? I could do this better. And it's really cool to go to the marathon and just like the respect amongst like everyone in the field, you know, it's like, you know, like, Hey, you're at this marathon. Like, I know you worked your butt off to get here. You know, like it's amazing. You're even at the starting line, right? Because that's always like a battle in itself to, to stay healthy enough to make it there. And at this point in my career, it's just like opportunities, right? Where it's like, I'm very well aware, like that might be the last chance I get to do this or, you know, like, so I'm like, let's take advantage of the things we could take advantage of now, um, just because you don't know if you'll ever circle back to this moment again, you know, so that's where I'm at. Um, and the goals are partly built into that whole outlook of like, okay, if I want this, like the time is now. Yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, to take advantage of the opportunities and the time that I have left in the sport at, at this level. So yeah, New York uh, has been New York, you know, and it's like been my baby because like I'm a New Yorker. I was supposed to do it a couple of years back and it didn't happen. So, you know, I've just been like waiting um, to do it. And, you know, the time was finally coming. So I was just happy. And I just thought I would have like this moment, <laughs> like, you know, in my city, 
around like my family and my people and, you know, get to like, I don't know, I just wanted to have that like moment to shine the brightest I've ever shined, you know, like, um, I thought that would have been like a breakthrough day and there was so much meaning to it. So yeah, I just started like dumping my life and soul into New York, like all summer and fall and like things were going very well for the buildup, but yeah, like training was pretty solid. We got after it pretty early into like the late summer and you know, I felt really, really strong, especially in um, like the longer efforts, the, the long runs and yeah, like at the end of the day, like the most consistent thing was I felt strong. The main goal out there was like, um, you know, I thought it was like a good goal was top 10. You know, like I was like, yeah, if I came in like 10th, like I think I, I was, it was in reach, you know, like I definitely think I was able to compete with like, you know, our top Americans. And that's where like, you know, I think Nell finished 10th. So I think I, that was doable. Um on the right day, you know, and then like to PR. So like, it was still like that sub two thirty. I thought I could do it at New York. Like, would I have my biggest personal best that I was capable of at New York? No, because New York is like a difficult course. It's not a flat pancake flat situation, but I was okay with like that, that trade-off. It was like, yeah, you know, like I might be sacrificing like a minute to do New York, but I wanted in New York. Um, but I, that was my goal try to aim for the top 10. I mean, if worst case or whatever, like it would be a top 15 and then um, still PRing. But then the weather was what it was. So I knew time was probably going out the window. But I, I still even thought I could have creeped under 230 in the conditions. And I don't want to say it was like a total train wreck, <laughs> but it, it wasn't good. Yeah, I just felt off. And I don't know what it is. Like, I mean, that happens in the marathon. I don't know if it was like, something in my in my taper or you know just I was having an off day or whatever I just felt a little flat so the race went off and it was fine like you know I stayed with the pack up I don't know it was it was at through after at least 5k but you should kind of feel very very relaxed like at least the first 10 miles like it should be like okay this is when's is going to start getting hard you know like that's but instead it was like, mm, I'm not feeling that great <laughs> for like three miles into this race, you know? Um, so yeah. And I, I held on fine. I actually backed off and I was like, I was okay with that. I'm like, you know what? Like it is too, this is too fast for the conditions. Like I'm going to back off and people are going to, you know, come back to me. Um, and that would have been possible if I didn't, fall back myself you know so um um you know and then I I was trying to convince myself like let's hold it together you're still okay because even when I was off the pack I was still running pretty fast you know it was wasn't until like after the Queensboro or on the Queensboro Ridge where I was like um this is over <laughs> you know but um so I was trying to keep myself calm and like still on for a little bit um, just because, you know, the marathon's crazy. Like you never know what's going on up front. Like, you know, like if you're not with the front pack, like you have no idea. It, are people coming back? Do people drop out? Like what's going on? You know, like, so you could always kind of keep yourself going just because you're like, you know, I, I could very well still be in this thing. Um, so that's where I was. But once I was like, um, knew I wasn't able to like, open up and have the, the turnover that I wanted to. Yeah. It was just, you know, total defeat sort of, but I was just convincing myself like, Nope, you are, 
you are going to keep rolling and you're going to get to the finish line because this race meant so much to you. And so finishing will be like, a, you know, a win in itself. But I was so heartbroken, you know, I was like disappointed and heartbreak and like, I was crushed. Just, yeah, I was just ugh, frustrated, you know, it's like, this sucks. I just crossed the line. I was like immediately hysterical. And I don't know if it was like, it was just emotional, right? Where it was like, it was really hard to get to the finish line just because of, you know, feeling the way I felt and just the the mental battle of like, you know, working through 10 miles of hell, you know, and, and then just like the emotions behind the, like the heartbreak of what just happened and not having the day I wanted and everything that I imagined for that day or visualized for that day was like not even close. Um, so I, you know, it was just like fatigue, you know, heartbreak, defeat, like everything crossing that line. And so I just, you know, just went into that little breakdown state for a bit. And, um, yeah, I was just, I was like, I just was like, where's my coach? You know, like, I just wanted to like, like see her and get that, um, just a little, you know, support from her or just a, a hug of knowing like we, we worked really hard to do this today and it just didn't happen and it sucks. Yeah. So my coach is Amy Begley. Um, she's an Olympian. She has been in the sport for such a long time. She's super knowledgeable and she's just like, you know, it's nice to have that um, support of someone that has been through it all themselves. So she knows, you know, like, and she knows what it's like to be competitive and be a fighter and want more and you know think things suck sometimes and whatever so she just gets it and we have like a nice relationship like she knew like she was just proud that I worked through that and it just shows like yeah that my strength as a runner in you know mind and body I mean I'm a fighter so um I've you know have I've had to work through a lot of stuff like through all my life challenges and stuff like whether it was injury or personal stuff and whatever like like one of my, uh, my friends, she's just like, you're just a little warrior. Like, um, you know, a lot of people can't like, aren't able to work through certain things that I've worked through and, and find a way and, you know, get better and, you know, like have better performances after whatever. So like, you know, I, I, that means something to me, you know, like that she said that. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Like the marathon is not like super fun. Like, like, like it is really hard and it is a battle every time, even if you like, you're having a great day, it's, it's work. So I finished that race in New York. I was like pretty bummed out and yeah, you know, I was talking to my circle of people and I'm just like, oh, is that it for me? Like, you know, am I ever going to do one again? You know, it, like that's, that's the mindset I was in, you know, like, and then the people are like, oh, no, you'll do another one. And I'm just like, mm, I don't know. Like, 
marathon is is kind of sucks you know <laughs> like that's where I was but then yeah like um I my friend Colin Leak from the Philadelphia Marathon PR Elite he just reached out as like a friend but was like you know do you want to you want another crack at it in, in Philly in two weeks <laughs> like and at the time like I mean we're friends and I'm like I'm like you're joking right like I'm like you know and and he's like I don't know like <laughs> if you want it it's there you know um and then at first I was like a hard no like that's stupid you know like there's no way I'm gonna bounce back and feel good and actually do anything there but then just walking around after New York that day I felt fine so it just felt like I had just done like like a long run or whatever like because yeah I ran half the race pretty strong but the rest of it was like okay right so it wasn't like I really put myself through like a grinder uh, in in that sense of like really fast it, it, like intensity it was like a grinder of long sustained effort right so yeah I think it was like you know give me a few days like then I thought about it, I was like I actually feel good like you know like I think I could probably do it and then um, I told him just give me a few days like I'm gonna I'm gonna take a few days off but I'm gonna go for a run I'll let you know how I actually feel when I run and then like my first run was awful like I just felt like just flat but I think it was like travel and I, I worked a whole day and whatever um, and then I felt absolutely normal the next day and then I hopped into a workout with my team and I felt fine I was like yep Colin sign me up like I'm good to go as far as time goals like I did think I was capable of PRing because like let's not forget like I was very very fit going into New York so like the fitness was there like I didn't have to change anything after New York you know I in, in like 10 days, right? Like I took like a few days off after New York and, and was racing again, you know? You know, that that like 227-ish shape that I thought I was in was still in me. Um, so, but the weather was questionable, right? It was like 30 degrees, felt like 20 at the start, you know, like, and like, I don't know, 15 mile hour winds or whatever it was. So I was like, you know, and I just ran a marathon. So like, you know, I was like, you know, it would be cool if I PR'd, but like, I was like, oh my God, imagine how funny it would be if I won this race, like two weeks after New York, that would be hilarious. Like that was the mindset. And so I, yes, I guess the general goal was to win. Um, but no, you know, I did just run a marathon. So I had that in me where it was like a little hesitation, right? Like where it was like, well, I could push early with like the front two. Like, I don't, I think we were all pretty much together through 10K, but I was just like, I didn't know. I need to control myself a little because I, I don't like, I don't know. Like I've never had this experiment done for myself before. You know what I mean? So like, I was like, you know, if I keep grinding, I, it could blow up in my face, but, um, well, surprisingly I really closed and I don't know if it, we had a little bit of wind aid, you know, at our, our back at that time or what, but I, I still remember fighting through some wind. So maybe it was swirling, but I felt like really fresh and like, I was like, I was at the end of a half marathon. Like, like, so, um, I felt good. Um, and it was fun to like grind and try to catch more people. Um, and then, I mean, I didn't even know I was closing on the leader until like the last straightaway basically. So, um, you know, the six seconds that always gets you, you know, it's like, it could be any person finishing and even not even winning, but, um, you know, you, you could have beaten so-and-so if, you know, if you had 200 more meters, hundred more meters, whatever. But yeah, so that, 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 it's a bittersweet situation. <laughs> I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, and I looked so good and everyone's like, wow, you looked amazing. Like that last, like whatever mile stretch, like you, your, your stride was like so open and you looked like you were just sprinting. So 
yeah, I mean, I, that was the first thing that went through my mind um, when I crossed the line. I was like, oh, God, you know, darn it. Like, you know, like I, I, I could have found six seconds anywhere, you know, like, uh, yeah, that, that, that is uh, kind of a stinky feeling. But at the end of the day, I was like really happy that I just pulled off this like crazy double. But I was like almost annoyed at myself because I'm like, God, I feel fine again. Like, it's like annoying, you know, <laughs> like I want to, I want to feel like I just worked really hard and my legs are dead. But instead I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like I could go running this evening if I wanted to, you know? And like, so that's where it was like, am I done? And, you know, the whole thing too was like, God, did I, you know, did, when I backed off, like, did I need to back off? You know, like those are the questions that are going through my head. Like, like, I guess I could have just stayed with the leaders and, you know, like maybe I would have been like, maybe I wouldn't have closed as hard, but, you know, maybe instead of like closing in whatever I closed in like 520 or something, like maybe I would have just held on at 540 something pace. And then that, that could have been the PR that I was looking for and the win, you know, but, um, so that's where it was like, could I get away with another one? <laughs> like, you know, so even before Philly, when I guess when Colin mentioned it, then I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, like that might be tough to do two weeks later. Like maybe I'm better off like just saving it for CIM. Like that was, so CIM was kind of in, in my mind even before Philly sort of, you know, but then I was like, oh, you know, like the fitness is here, let's do it now. Like, uh, you know, like four weeks could be a long time to string it out, you know, and, um, um, but yeah, so CIM was kind of always in the back of my mind and then yeah like after philly like once again i thought it'd be funny like you know i was like could you imagine what people would say like if i just showed up at like you know and they're like what are you doing here you just raced two races you know so and then it was like can i do this like that became like the challenge of like am i able to do this you know can i can my body handle this like like let's see why not why not um, and yeah, my goal there was, I wanted to break that silly little barrier that literally means nothing to anybody. Um, but it meant something to me, <laughs> like, um, to break that 230. I just, I wanted it so bad. Like this has been something I've wanted for a while. Um, and like, I knew I could do that. And I wasn't setting myself up to like, you know what? Like, I know I'm capable of like a 227. Like I was like, no, let's just break that, that barrier. You know, like that would be a nice way to end this like three peat, right? Like, so I kind of went in that and yeah, my goal was let's just run this time. Something that you could be proud of, something you could walk away with and know like, wow, I just, I just did this. I just pulled this off. And just like how my body was responding after both races, I was like, like, this isn't like, this might sound crazy to other people, but like, I don't think it's that crazy. I think I'm, I could do it. You know, like I just had that like innate intuition, like self, you know, self-belief, like whatever that it was like, this, this is totally doable. And like, if I just run my own race and focus on me and not like everything else, like I'll be fine. And so, yeah, that's exactly what I did. Well, I crossed the line. Yeah. And I was like, Really happy, like, oh my god, I just freaking did it. Like, I knew I could do it and I did it, you know, like that's so nice. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I think I saw like Bria and Katya like right after and Katya was just kind of like, she came in uh, fifth that day and she was like, how did you just do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, they had a great day and, you know, but they, they knew I did well. And, and on top of that, it was my third and I just PR'd. And so I think there was like respect there, but it made me feel good. And I was like, I honestly don't even know, like, you know, and that's what people are asking me. Like, what is the magic? Like, what are you doing? What is like the recovery game? Like what? And I'm like, honestly, like, there, there's no magic and I'm not really doing anything. Like I'm not even being like this perfect example of an athlete. <laughs> like, you know, like you would think I would have broken by now or like, you know, something would have gone wrong. And so I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm one of those freaks that like the more load, the better. And like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, like maybe it could be like a lot of load, maybe less, less intensity, but I, I don't know. Like I definitely learned a lot. And I, you know, I, I did have, it wasn't like I felt perfect. Like after Philly, my hip was like a little, like a little wonky feeling and I've had issues with that hip before. So I'm like, Oh boy, like, is it like, am I going to break in the race? And yeah, like I, I just learned that I, I am capable. That's all. Like I am literally capable of, of handling a lot and a lot of craziness and intensity. And, you know, cause the marathon is just a lot. <laughs> like it, it is. So yeah, I don't know. Like I, I don't know what's happening. Um, but it's really cool. And I think that's what I needed. Like I think for a long time running was just, you know, a job kind of and it lost its its thrill. It's it lost it. I mean, the thrill was always there, but like, can you PR and can you win and stuff like that? But but yeah, like, you know, it's okay to be a little bit fearless and it's okay to, you know, make a new challenge for yourself and it's okay to like throw a crazy idea out there and yeah, I mean, you know, believe in yourself and, and have fun and find a way to keep the thrill of it being still fun and kind of funny and like, you know, like you can play with it, like playful, like that's that, like let, let running or let your athletics or whatever endeavors you're on be, still be playful, then that way it's exciting still. I love at the end of it all, after running three marathons in less than 30 days, Megan's takeaway is that it was funny and fun and that it sparked something in her running that had maybe been a little bit flat for a while. And what struck me in there too was the fact that she kept mentioning how much she believed in herself and her abilities. And it really reminded me of Hillary Allen saying the same thing in her story. And if you haven't listened to Hillary's story, I'll link to it in the show notes. I will also link to Megan's Instagram. She's a great follow, and it'll be exciting to see what she does in the future. Of course, I will link to all the ways that you can stay in touch with us here at Women's Running Stories. You can visit our website. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter, and we are on Facebook. So you'll also be able to find all of those links. I want to thank Megan so much for sharing the story on the show. She's gotten a lot of interviews lately because it is really exciting what she's done, and it's gotten a lot of people pretty fired up. I also want to mention that we are proud new members of the Evergreen Podcast Network. We came into the network with two other women-hosted podcasts that focus on women in sports. That's Hear Her Sports and Keeping Track. If you do not subscribe and listen to those shows, please do. They're both fantastic. And of course, I would love it if you subscribe to our show as well and keep listening. On that note, thank you so much for being here. I always appreciate you listening. And I do not make this show by myself. As I mentioned, Cormac O'Regan does all the original music and he scores the show and he does that from his studio in Cork, Ireland. 
April Mariner does all the graphics for the show, the website, the logo, the social media posts, all of it. And you can find April at bonfirecollaborative.com. And she comes to you from Truckee, California. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am your host and producer. And for a little bonus before you leave, I did ask Megan if she was interested in pursuing ultras. Knowing that your body can go through this kind of punishment and having the kind of speed she does, it's sort of a natural question to ask. I know I think she'd be great at it. And here's what she had to say. I'm going to let her take it out. Here's Megan. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten that a few uh, from a few people. And like one of my, my good friends, he's an ultra guy. He's like, this looks like ultra training. Like you should just do an ultra. Like, so... I, I've never really thought about like I went I went to his his ultra uh I was in DC at the time and um it was like a hundred miler it was like five 20 mile loops and it was I thought it was crazy you know um because you know like we're in the middle of the woods at like four o'clock in the morning and you know we send them on their way and they're they're like pit stop is is all this junk food because they're trying to get like as much calories like calorie dense food in as possible so it's like candy and peanut butter and just like junk food like like soda like whatever it's like i was like are you serious like how how are how is this not going to obliterate your stomach you know but yeah so at that time i was like there's no way like the marathon's plenty long you know um but now i'm like maybe like i feel like i'm definitely like a, like able to do it like and i think my mind would be fine um I don't know. Like I didn't, I never thought about it. I definitely was like, I'm just going to like, you know, run a marathon, hit, hit it one day and then retire, you know, like, but, but now it's like, there's definitely more challenges out there that I didn't even put on my radar. And I'm like, mm, I can pre, I think I could be pretty damn good at the ultra then, you know, like, like if I just pulled off this, this stunt, like, yeah, like why not? But I'd have to do a little bit more homework. Women's running, running. Women's running stories. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.